You're listening to the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. We're very serious crafters, and we craft very serious crafts. Very serious. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, and welcome to Season 2, Episode 9 of the Very Serious Crafts Podcast. I'm Haley from Red Handled Scissors. I'm Heidi from Hands Occupied. And I'm Molly from Wild Olive. Today we'll be talking about sewing clothing, a new tool obsession, the sounds of crafting, and vintage sewing machines. And uh, I will be sounding a little froggy in this episode due to some allergy sinus goodness that has come my li- into my life lately. <laughs> 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 Sorry, friends. Speaking of which. Yeah, so we, we've all got the... the low lady voices today so sorry guys we're all gonna sound alike yep this is Haley, by the way not that you could tell yeah and, and molly will just be the extra squeaky one I'm it's like, kind of cute thanks for reference this is the sound of heidi's voice yes <laughs> true so what's going on Haley? so mr big stuff my cat who, if you uh, follow me on the internet, you have seen a lot of because, well, he's a cat named Mr. Big Stuff. I mean, why wouldn't you? Um, But, so he's a very, he's a large cat. And I have many, many cat beds that I have made and, like, cat rugs, just all, all of the things. And he refuses to get on, in, or around any of them. And so, of course, my my first instinct on this is, well, better make him something new. So, um, <laughs> Naturally. Kindly be the voice of reason, friends. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Tell mm-hmm. me not to make anything new for this cat who really just wants to be on the couch uh i mean i'm not the right person to ask that favor of i'm an enabler not a you should maybe not be that kind of i was gonna say person (laughs) i cannot i cannot get behind that because i just recently saved uh a pattern for making a cat a a crocheted cat bed that really does want to be made for my guinea pigs so i can send you the (laughs) pattern but guys (laughs) Yes, please. Um, I mean, what if he just needs a bigger bed? It could be. What if he just needs it to be a little bit bigger so it's more comfy? Well, I mean, okay. what if? That's the thing is, um, so I I follow this person on Instagram. Actually, she I follow both of her accounts. Her regular sewing and quilting account and her guinea pig account because she has these four guinea pigs. <laughs> And some of them are extra large. And one of the things she does is she makes guinea pig bedding. And she's known for making guinea pig items for extra large guinea pigs. Because that's an issue. Aww. So see, Plus this is the same thing pigs. for oh. same thing for your kitty. <laughs> yes, and he he is an extra large kitty. Yeah. Do you have to go to the it's big and true. tall cat store? <laughs> I mean, I did have to, when I bought him his cat backpack, I had to get the fat cat size. Oh, It's I'm, actually called the fat cat. Aw. See, Aww. I, and no, no, no uh, guinea pig or cat body shaming intended. I find this all incredibly adorable. Yeah, no. <laughs> I it, mean. It's, 
I think it was meant with love. I yeah. do not think oh, it was absolutely. meant with malice Ooh. when it was named that. You should make a body positivity Instagram account for Mr. Big Stuff. Um, oh, my gosh. <laughs> because he, Lady. like, luxuriates around and he has that big belly now that's deflated because you take good care of him. <laughs> I was going to say, he... The problem with Mr. Big Stuff, well, not the problem. The great thing about Mr. Big Stuff right now is uh, because he needed to lose weight for his uh, his diabetes, he he is, and so, but he's still just a big cat. Yeah, like he just, he's long and he's, he's got tall. a large he's frame. A large, yeah, cat. Like even <laughs> if he's slim, he's still going to be a very he's big bone cat. Yeah, parlor <laughs> panther, right? That's the phrase. He's a parlor panther. Yes. (laughs) Anyway, so. uh, Well, I'm. Enough about my cat's body positivity. Yeah. Also, um, we're not the people to ask for help to not do a craft. I'm sorry. Yeah, exactly. That's that's fair. (laughs) All right. So, Um, listeners, if you want to send me your cat bed tutorial links, I mean, I've already written many cat bed tutorials, but I may as well dive into some others yeah (laughs) so Heidi what are you up to where so I am going to leave the house tomorrow (gasps) what how exciting is that (laughs) (laughs) um specifically though um and I I think my whole vibe in this episode is going to be fairly like giddy about it um but tomorrow I'm going on a knitting retreat for the first time ever that's so Um, exciting They've always kind of fascinated me, um, and they're always a little spendy, so my gift for, like, the entire year and then some for Christmas, birthday, everything (laughs) from my husband was going on this retreat. So I'm going to um, New York. I don't... Haley, you live in New York State. How do you describe where Hudson is? Is it upstate? Is that what it's called? I live in New York City. Rural? Rural? Uh, I I mean, uh, upstate is generally anything upstate. So I I, I think that that Hudson um, is probably in that. uh, I don't know. Uh, We're going to get emails. (laughs) At any rate, I'm going on this knitting retreat starting tomorrow through Sunday. And um, it's hosted by... Um, Sydney, I believe Crabaugh is how you pronounce her last name. Um, she lives in Brooklyn too. And she is this person who is, she has an Instagram called Squidney Knits. I'll link to it in the show notes. Um, and she dresses like it's the thirties through the fifties every day. And, um, she has, she wears like period clothes, period makeup. She knits almost exclusively from vintage knitting patterns. Um, and so she's this retreat is all about learning how to work from vintage knitting patterns. And I think there's specifically a, se- a workshop or a section of the workshop on uh, making the iconic 40s, like big sl- shoulder sleeve shape. Ah, so I'm excited because nice. we're going to make tiny, like a tiny sweater to practice the entire technique start to finish. Um, I have no idea what to expect, but I'm really excited. I think that's going to be really fun. Yeah. yeah. I am mildly jealous. You can hop a train. What's that? You could hop a train to Hudson. I I could hop a train. It's (laughs) definitely um, as regional rail is alive and well in New York State. Yeah. Um, But also, then I would have to leave the house. Right. (laughs) 
that yeah. that old thing. <clears throat> oh well. <laughs> so Molly, what you've been busy this week, Molly, on top of being sick. Yeah, yes. so because I've been not feeling well, I have not been quite as busy as I would have liked. But um, <clears throat> in our last episode, I mentioned that I was heading into this week of um, overhauling my, basically transforming my office into more like a craft space. And um, so I took almost everything out of that space. And a lot of it, I think I hadn't touched in 10 years which is crazy to think about, but that just happens sometimes. Um, so I pulled everything out um, and my dad was helping me. We kind of did a bit of an Ikea hack and I have two of like, it's like the CD DVD towers that go with the Billy bookcases. So I have those on either side and then he custom made yeah. shelves yeah. to span between them so that I have this like whole built-in unit cool. on top of my desk. <clears throat> yeah, it's... I'm oh, really nice. happy. It it took a little bit longer than anticipated, partly because of my not feeling well, partly because of how long it took me to just pull everything out. Uh, and then, um, <laughs> and then there was it. like, yeah, exactly. And then there was some weather things with like cutting and staining and stuff outside. And then spring break ended and my dad had to go back to work. But um, so it took a little bit longer mm. to get it all. The shelves are done and I... Now I'm going to start to get stuff back in place. Um, I unfortunately did not clear out as much stuff as I would have liked in the emptying process. So I'm going to have to do more of that as it's going back in. Um, but I think the good thing is... That's actually kind of fine. It is. And, you know, because it's so empty right now, I'm enjoying how it is with less stuff. And I think that's going to be really a good incentive to, like not have so yeah. much stuff that goes in there so yeah mm -hmm. it's uh totally. i'm gonna I think you probably did it in the right order we are yeah enough. right yeah. yeah and i think but i think it's safe to say that by the time that this episode actually comes out it will be finished so that'll be good and yes, i'll have it will yes it will um but yeah i've been documenting in my you. in my instagram stories and i've kept it all as a highlight so um there will be links to the process in the show notes, and um, I'm going to safely say finished photos of things as well. So it's been good. Right. It's very necessary. Well, now you're making me feel guilty for not having made any additional progress. No, no, no. No, don't oh, feel. Mine I, will. Was, I will. Mine was, like, forced because of, like, the schedule that was available for my extra help. So that was really helpful right. for me. Which is but, great. Yeah. I love a good excuse. Yeah. Well, and I think one thing that I really liked about this podcast is like, obviously, in addition to like being friends with you guys better and stuff. <laughs> blah, um, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but I like it because it's even for like train of shame stuff. Not that there aren't still that was a double negative. <laughs> forgive me, but yeah, there's <laughs> there are definitely old train of Shane. I Shane, sh ugh, I can't talk today, you guys. It's Smith, Smith, Smith. Uh, there are definitely some old train of shame items that I still haven't gone back and touched, despite publicly airing this shame. Same. But, <laughs> yeah, but on average, I think this podcast has been great because of our we recorded a few weeks ahead. So I'm like, no, I want this to be done by the time it's released, so I can post about it or whatever. Yes. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> yes. 
Now that's true. There is a nice kick in the pants aspect yep. to it. <clears throat> exactly. Yes, oh the God. very serious kick in the pants podcast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I gosh. like that. But yeah, terrible. and when you're your own boss for for long enough, it's like, okay, is my only motivation paying the my bills and like running my business, or is it like I need I want to get this done because I want to be creatively satisfied as well as running my business anyway. Right. Right. Yeah. I'm ta- so, I'm very tangential today. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all sort of in that mood. Yeah. So um, yeah, uh, allow me to go off on on a tangent. <laughs> that I guess I'm actually supposed to be going off on at the moment. But um, so I, I, I have a new tool that I'm excited about. Yes. And you know how I love craft tools. Yes. And I'm supposed yes. to get rid of them, not acquiring them. I, I was thinking, um, I was thinking yet, that not about you, but about me. <laughs> like, don't yes. tell me about something I don't I mean, need. This one's little. This <laughs> one's little. Um, I have it in my hand right here. It's very little. It also sort of doubles as a fidget spinner. Um, or and- a tiny syringe. That looks oh, very serious. Okay, so, it, fine. Um, so, <laughs> since the listeners can't actually see me, um, uh, menacing you two with this particular tool, um, I have discovered this three-in-one needle puller, thimble, and knife cutter because I saw it in a link in Abby Glassenberg's newsletter. And you guys might know her from, well, she naps. And I will link to her newsletter, which is a great newsletter. Like, I don't usually love newsletters, but hers is excellent and has things that I actually want to click on. Yeah, highly recommended. And so this tool... Yeah, so she she said that she was super excited about it and then linked to a video of um, this guy, Mr. Domestic, using it. And it's like this weird... It does look kind of like a really teeny tiny syringe, but um, it's got a little... It's got a place for your finger to go through and um, like a little grippy hand... Mm-hmm. At the end that you use to pull a needle through like tough, like if you were, say, hand hemming jeans oh. or pulling a needle through um, through a particularly thick quilt. Right. So yeah. um, you use a little grabber at the end to grab the needle and pull it through. But it also you can flip it over and use it as a thimble when you're actually like pushing the needle through multiple layers of fabric. So it's just like this with a flick of the wrist, you can use the thimble, you can use the um, the needle puller part. And then it also has a little built-in blade that uh, is a thread cutter. Very cool. So it is this nice little handheld, very stable uh, because it's got the area where your hands go through and a nice place for your thumb to rest, mm-hmm. it's it's like a really stable thimble, but also, I don't know, it's, I just, I love it, and you should definitely, I have a link to the video in the show notes, and I also might make one myself, because it's pretty great. Yeah. But it's, it's a hard-to-explain tool that once you see it in action, you're like, oh. Yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, I need one of those. 
I think that those features, if for anybody who's done that kind of work, I think those fe- features speak for themselves. I'm, oh, yeah. I'm really intrigued about the um, needle puller aspect because that's always when my hands are like dead is when I'm like, I'm going to do this mm-hmm. crazy project that's like sewing metal to leather or something like equally yeah. nuts. And then I'm like, oh, my arthritic claws. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's why I like this, because if you're pushing through something thick, mm-hmm. the the thimble portion is really steady. So it's huh. easy to not slip off the back of the needle. Yeah. And then once you get it started, you can then use the gripper to pull that needle through really quickly. So it's cool. It makes me feel really excited about, say, future felt projects and things like that. Sure. Mm-hmm. So. Awesome. Anyway, it's it's neat. There's a link in the show notes to all of the things about it. Awesome. Um, well, lately, I've been doing more sewing, just like in the last episode, because I'm a woman obsessed. Uh- <laughs> it's true. You have been making a lot of wearables. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it's the... Some of the excitement held over from like a full year ago when I was talking about me made May and just being like, I want to learn to sew, so I'm going to do the thing. And mm-hmm. I did a lot of stuff. Well, and once you've done that already, like yeah. once you've already, like when you made all those skirts, like you've, <laughs> that practice builds up. <laughs> right. <laughs> and then it, suddenly it's much easier. Yeah, it's, and every, I, I, I really think that even though I made four Actually, it was five total because I had draft initially drafted this circle skirt pattern for my body a couple years ago, and I had made one then, and then this time right. I made th- last year I made four more of that same skirt but with liners, and every single time I did it, I got better at installing a regular zipper or an invisible zipper mm-hmm. or a waistband or whatever. And even though last year I was like feeling kind of meh about how the skirts turned out, like the fit varied a lot skirt to skirt, which revealed to me like where I needed to be more careful with cutting out pattern pieces and things. (laughs) Yeah. Well, also knowing where to put those pattern pieces on the fabric, like whether it's on the bias, whether that fabric has more stretch to it. Totally. Those are all things you just learn through experience. Totally. People can tell you, but it doesn't make sense until you see it happen. (laughs) A hundred percent. Just like the uh, basting with the zippers last time. But we've already already talked about that little piece of shame. That's true. But... The thing that I finished this past week was the caftan that I was excited about. Yay! It looks so good. Thank yeah. you. I didn't... Mm-hmm. I'd, I thought I would legit be doing a, like, vacation, pr- immediately be pre-vacation sewing moment right before Memorial Day. <laughs> right. <laughs> which is when this bachelorette party I'm going to, which requires a caftan for reasons. Um, <laughs> <laughs> reasons. Mm-hmm. Um. I assumed I'd be, like, making it the night before and just kind of rolling up with a belt and fabric thrown over my shoulders. And I'm like, it's a caftan. I mean, close. It's not not a caftan. True. And it's really funny. Um, again, sorry, I warned you guys that my vibe was going to be, like, really amped today. So you you were warned. We like it. Yes. We like it. Um, but the caftan... As like as you sew it, it was a pretty easy sew. It was the um, decades of style TLC caftan, um, mm-hmm. which was in last week's show notes, and it'll be in this one as well. Um, but it's a pretty easy sew pattern. It's almost all straight lines, just a little bit of gathering, and the gathering makes fitting everything together easier. But <laughs> even though it's almost all straight lines, it's really funny how the finished thing just 
it's a caftan. It's supposed to just kind of look like you're swanning around in fabric. Um, because you are. Yeah. <laughs> but it's just funny that it's that like you still have like seams and a waistband and interfacing in there. After you do all that work, you look and you're like, oh, well, I guess I really wanted to show off this fabric. So that was done. Like, yep. <laughs> you know what I mean? I mean, that is more or less the point yeah. of a caftan. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And it's a beautiful it's a beautiful caftan. It's going to be really wearable. I'm going to have it for years, especially for a swimsuit cover-up. Yeah, it cover looks up. great. But it's just kind of funny how once you start getting a little bit more elevated with a certain skill set, then you have thoughts and opinions about how to do everything different. Or like yep. how to, you know, we're all designers. Yep. At least the three of us can relate to this thing that I'm not explaining very well. Anyway. No, I mean, I I think it's relatable to anybody who has gotten better at something. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, I highly recommend trying out that caftan, especially if you're not the biggest sewer, because it's pretty easy. It really is almost all straight lines and you get a dress in the end. And it teaches you those skills. Yeah. I mean, once you're done sewing something with that much fabric, Mm -hmm. you have a pretty good handle on how to use your machine and also, like, how to make adjustments to tension and things like that Mm -hmm. in a very, very, very forgiving medium. Yeah. And the nice thing about the caftan as well, I actually really would recommend this pattern if if you're someone who's, like, familiar with a sewing machine but hasn't made garments ever or in a long time. Because for the fit, since it is, you know, a caftan, you don't actually, you can get away without making any adjustments to the pattern out of the box because it's just, it will rest on your body and it's supposed to. And it's yeah, got it's meant a waistband that, that you can do elastic, you can do elastic or ties. So it's really forgiving. So. Yep. Approved. Yay. Yay. <laughs> anyway, I should really stop talking now. <laughs> uh, well, speaking of not talking. Um, <clears throat> so this, this week I was. I was sitting, um, I was sitting in the quiet and I was knitting, um, because I have a thousand things that I'm supposed to be doing, but in fact, I actually, I'm knitting for a deadline. So I had to be knitting also, which is nice. But anyway, um, (laughs) I was struck by, um, the sound of my knitting needles and the yarn and all of that. And I'm just going to pause real quick. I've actually been knitting while we've been talking. So if you've heard tiny clicky noises in the background that's why but here i'm gonna get real quiet and i'm gonna knit right by the by the microphone oh it's gonna be quiet now oh it's terrible it doesn't even it's not even being noisy now i could just make some it's intentional funny watch <laughs> clicky noises <laughs> That was so funny to watch, you guys, because Molly is wearing, um, her headphones are pink and they have cat ears on them. And she's all, she's got her knitting like two inches from her face, which is also two inches from her mic. She's like a little squirrel. Yeah. Yeah, it was pretty cute. Thank you. I I really enjoyed that. Um, (laughs) Here's some scissors. uh, Oh, there. See, I, even though. it's nice. Yeah. Scissors. That's a good one. Huh. Yeah, so it got me. I have that makes noise. Oh, <laughs> hold on. Ooh, stapler. I did that earlier. It's a good one. Leather punch. All right, here we go. This is one of my this is one of my favorite crafting sounds. <laughs> <laughs> 
Did you get that? I didn't hear it, but I know what it is. Okay. Yeah, you can see it. All right. I'm going to do it again here. That was me pulling a thread through, uh, actually making a French knot. <laughs> That's awesome. I actually did hear yeah. that. That's fun. So, um, anyway, so I like. <laughs> what was we that? don't like to leave the house, and we're making noises with scissors at a microphone, folks. Exactly. This is our life. Well-adjusted adults. We're so normal. Doing <laughs> but, super. So we've mentioned, um, we have mentioned ASMR. I think like very briefly in the podcast before. Um, Mm-hmm. So wait, tell us what ASMR yeah, is for so those of us who do not know. ASMR stands for Autonomous Sensory Meridian Response. And basically it is um, this sensation that you can have, like when you hear certain sounds, especially very like distinct sounds um, that are almost like, that are really amplified because of a microphone. Um, and it's this this feeling that you get that apparently, and I haven't personally experienced it in this way, but some people describe it as like almost like a tingling in your brain. Um, it can move down the back of the neck and into your spine. Um, mm. And it, it can actually be like, like you can feel it on your skin almost. Um, and I would say... You know how, you know, the reaction that you have to like fingernails on a chalkboard, that's a horrible response usually (laughs) for most people, but this is actually a pleasant response to these sounds. Uh. And, um, oh my goodness. I had, I worked with someone in retail who. It makes my tongue go numb. Yes. There you go. Just thinking about it. (laughs) It makes my, hold on. It makes my tongue go numb. Think Uh, about it. The chalkboard? What? Yeah. But, um, like the thought of hearing nails on a chalkboard makes your tongue go numb. Yeah, and cardboard. Like yeah, dry I, hands on cardboard. Yeah, basically. I had a friend who couldn't oh. handle frosted glass, and we worked retail where we had frosted glass a lot. Oh, oh she just could not handle. Yeah. But um, now that doesn't bother me. But ugh. it's it's different but, yeah, for people. Very, but, speaking of very physical reactions, yeah. So um. But so ASMR, there's a lot of people that make these video recordings or sound recordings of those of different sounds so that people can basically enjoy that sensation of of sound. And there are a lot of crafting ASMR videos that I found then because mm-hmm. I was thinking like I was really soothed by the sounds of my needles, my knitting needles going through, and I've always felt that mm-hmm. way about like the thread going through um, fabric. <clears throat> yeah. But so I was, I started looking it up and I knew like that like slime videos were, that was like a big mm-hmm. ASMR thing, but I was looking to see what other things there are. So there are knitting ones. And um, I even saw some, one person who was like, oh, you know what? You should wear an acrylic ring while you do this. Cause it'll add to the clicking sounds. I was like, oh, that's interesting. <laughs> People know exactly how to, how to tell about it. Embroidery is one because huh. of the the thread and the fabric. Um, I have to say, I found punch needle because always with the punch needle. But that makes a great sound going <laughs> you can't through. Not punch needle. Like you know, if yeah. you've done it, you know what the that yeah. sound is going to be like. So yeah, it worked really well for mm-hmm. for this. And then the one that 
I actually struggled with the most was someone did, um, it was a kid's craft kit. It was making like foam Easter hand puppets. Mm-hmm. And it started out, um, I'm, I have, I'll have examples of all of these linked in the show notes, including this one in particular. It started out with her like holding the craft kit and crinkling the plastic and out and it would, and then she like, like tapped the plastic, like, you know, on the, on the closed package. It was like a minute and a half of that. And at that point I was like, I have to fast forward this. This is actually bothering me, <laughs> which was interesting. My own response to it. But then she took it out and basically yeah. was like touching the craft foam and like moving the supplies around. And it was really just those sounds of the supplies coming out. And then she, you know, made the whole thing. Um, but there's videos like this for hmm. just about anything you could imagine. Um, and I just found it really, uh-huh. really interesting because I, I do love those That's sounds. Cool. It was just yeah amplified. Some of them were more than I could handle. <laughs> well, I have a couple questions. Okay. So one of them is for all of us. I'll start with that one. Mm-hmm. So I feel like specifically for people who craft a lot, um, people like us, people like, uh, I assume all of our listeners, um, cause why would they be listening to us otherwise? Um, <laughs> cause we're delightful humans. Sure. <laughs> I, that can't Super be Super fun. <laughs> <laughs> um, but so I feel like the ones that feature craft supplies are more satisfying than like listening to someone eating a pickle and tapping their nails on a desk. Cause I'm always like, this <laughs> seems like a really bizarre thing. Cause I don't have that strong of a yeah asmr response physically yeah but for the crafting videos they tap into something kind of emotional too the like mm-hmm. kind of it's one of the signifiers when you get into like a creative flow state the noise of your knitting needles or your thread going through your canvas or the paintbrush on a canvas yeah. that is an aural aural with an au um sensation that you associate with something positive and relaxing and i think that's why those videos are more interesting to me yes i would agree with that yeah because a sound that would be annoying that reminds you of like a place you love or a person you love or something like that Mm -hmm. can suddenly become incredibly soothing instead of incredibly obnoxious yeah Mm -hmm. um so the thread going through fabric like embroidery um thread is it's one of my favorite sounds and i i attribute it to the fact that my mom did um candle wicking when i was little mm-hmm. and the, oh, so- yeah. the sound d- it instantly when i'm when i'm doing my own embroidery <clears throat> it immediately mm-hmm. pulls me back to childhood and watching her do it and listening to her do it mm-hmm. um very satisfying yeah oh that's lovely i like that Aww. Hmm. Isn't it nice when a topic is so nice? It is. Yeah. It is. <laughs> I feel oh, very sweet just having gone. talked about it. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh, that's funny. Um, well, this actually, so going back to um, the buttery noises of really nice sewing machines. Yes. Um, mm. Haley and I have been collaborating on our next Indeed. topic. I guess, so to speak. It, it's true. It's true. So, well, like, well, so for me, as somebody who's not that great at sewing, but improving and having somebody like Haley, who knows a crap load, I can say crap without being bleeped, right? Yeah, we'll allow it. <laughs> okay. 
We'll allow it. <laughs> okay. So Haley knows a crap load about sewing machines. And so as I work on stuff, I can just, you know, text my friend and be like, what is happening? What have I done? <laughs> because she knows so much about sewing. <laughs> um, and so Haley was going to walk us through some stuff about sewing machines specifically because um due to reasons two separate <laughs> antique one i guess i would describe more as vintage uh but i'll just say antique sewing machines have found their way mm. into my life in the last couple months and this week i attempted to use one of them so yeah how Haley. did that go yeah. <laughs> <laughs> sure i kind of we kind of i jumped out a, a kind of ahead of you in line but whatever Ro- let's oh, just no, roll that's... with it um <laughs> But uh, I I would like to hear how how it went with the one you tried to use because I think that will that will feed nicely into um, into what I have to say on the subject. Perfect, perfect. Mm-hmm. So the machine that I decided to do battle with this week, <laughs> um, uh-huh. I I'm not entirely sure when. My grandma, this is my grandma on my dad's side. I'm not sure when she acquired this machine. It looks 60s-ish. Like late 60s, early 70s, maybe? Yeah, because I have one of a similar vintage that's, I think, 1972. Okay. And this machine, like, my grandma had been in assisted living for a while um, before she passed away, and that's why I have the machine, because nobody else wanted it. Um, and I was con- inherited craft. Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> I was pretty sure this thing was not going to work at all, but I know how to service my own machine, like basic, you know, dust it out, oil the things. But this machine, who knows when it was last touched? And I am not sure my grandma knew to maintain her own machine. Yeah. And then I opened up said machine and it, it's all like everything is nice. This is a heavy beast of a sewing machine not as much of a beast as the one that's 100 years old that's in a table that i also acquired but that is a separate project this one that is definitely a separate project i'm that one's gonna sit around and just be furniture for a while let me tell you what um i have my microwave on one yeah that sounds like a great use for it it it, it is (laughs) anyway anyway so this is a pretty heavy machine all the whole body's metal and you have to screw off a few panels to get to the inside and um, I took my screwdriver to it. The original owner's manual was with this thing because that is a gusted family trait mm-hmm. for sure. <laughs> um, my family, too. Thank goodness, especially when it comes to these things. Yeah. Yes. Well, and I, I kind of I kind of assumed that the thing wasn't even going to come with a functioning um, pedal because I would have I kind of figured it would have gotten lost in the shuffle years ago. But it was there and the owner's manual was there. So great, excellent. Consulted the owner's manual, pulled all the panels off, and holy crap, my grandmother very obviously did not know how to service her own sewing machine because it was dusty and dirty. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I mean, just using it does that. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like fire hazard levels of dust. Yeah, I, I got you. <laughs> um, so between <laughs> between the paintbrush and compressed air, I was pretty busy for several hours the other evening and then i oiled it and it was good so hopefully i did this correctly and now Haley will let me know if i did or did not (laughs) (laughs) i mean it seemed uh, i i saw the results yeah and i mean when you're talking about machines of about that vintage especially when you're talking about all metal machines Mm -hmm. um like i guess i guess what i'm what i'm going to do uh 
is talk about or to bring this around specifically to something that the listeners can use. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to use Heidi's newfound sewing machine wealth uh, <laughs> to tell you guys just a brief overview of what you should check if you have inherited a machine or found a machine or thrifted a machine. Um, just a few like, hello, machine, are you worth my time? <laughs> <laughs> Techniques. So, um, because Heidi knew what she was doing in the area of like older machines, they, they open. They were meant to be serviced, they were meant to be oiled, they were meant to be cleaned, and because they're mechanical machines and not computerized machines, mm-hmm. they you have access to the moving parts because you were meant to maintain them. Mm-hmm. Um, that is not necessarily the case with computerized sewing machines and later sewing machines. If you don't know what you're doing with those, don't. Yeah. Like, don't unscrew them. Don't open them. Um, There are a few things that you can do on your own just to make sure that they're still fine. But those machines should be uh, serviced serviced (laughs) annually by a professional. Mm -hmm. And um, maybe more frequently if you use it all the time. Although if you use it all the time, you probably have a better idea of how to care for it. And when something um, goes wrong, because you kind of get a, a physical feel for the machine. Yeah. And that's how with my, like, contemporary machine that I got at Target when I was, like, 21 with a coupon. Like, yeah. I know when that one's being janky because it feels totally different. Yeah, exactly. And so, um, so yeah, this is definitely a... When I'm talking about these things, I'm talking about vintage machines that are manual, mechanical machines, not computerized machines. Mm-hmm. Take those and get them serviced. Yep. Um, and also, uh, this weirdly just came up this week on um, the Sewing Out Loud podcast. Mm-hmm. It was cleaning and oiling your sewing machine and your serger, I think. Mm -hmm. There are two separate ones. So I'll link to that in case you really want to dive deep into this. But um, basically, and this will... This will make sense for um, Heidi's other machine that she also got, which is a cradle (laughs) machine in in a cabinet. Yeah. Um, And it's like a Frankenstein. It's like... Yeah, it's... (laughs) It's one of the... um, it's one of the many not quite singer but very very similar machines that came out at a certain time. Yeah, it's it's a, um, it's called a Marvel machine. Ooh. <laughs> how fancy. Nice. Um so if you find yourself with one of these machines and you have already checked to see that the hand wheel turns because that's the first thing you need to do. Does the hand wheel turn because you need to know if it actually is capable of moving Mm -hmm. or if it's frozen? Because if someone has run it without oiling it, the actual inner mechanics can have fused. Mm -hmm. And once that happens, it's it's useless. There's nothing you can do. Mm -hmm. So if you test the hand wheel and 
the needle or the shaft that holds the needle moves, great. That means that you can probably, if, if it does so smoothly, that means you can probably go on to the next steps. Mm-hmm. Like, you should not immediately run away. And, and um, for the record, the way that felt on mine, like applying this mm-hmm. in real life, it was definitely like that wheel felt tight. And I was like, is the knob tight? And I was like, no, 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 no. There's a lot of dust in this bobbin area. Yep. I got to take this whole thing apart. And P.S., I know I just, re- I just remembered this. The, there was a um, bottle of oil, like it was like a plastic bottle, uh-huh. in the like drawer of my grandma's sewing machine. It was still sealed. <laughs> <laughs> so she must not have used this, honestly, very often, because it, it should have been fused. And on older machines, especially machines that have motors on the outside like old singer machines and stuff mm-hmm. they have a separate um engine grease oh that also needs to be added and that um that will feel kind of gummy mm-hmm. it, it will hesitate a bit okay. and sometimes once the machine gets warmed up it will soften again and it will be fine sometimes you need to add more but um it will feel very different a machine that is, isn't going to move will feel very different from a machine that's hesitating to move. Mm-hmm. And so once you checked that the hand wheel moves, um, check to see if you have any plastic parts. Because machines of certain vintages, um, like I have a, a Sears Kenmore machine from the 70s, and it has plastic parts. Those plastic parts, especially the gears can get extremely, extremely brittle. Yeah. So you want to make sure that they look like they're not going to shatter immediately upon moving. And um, if you can find an all-metal machine, yay, do that. Mm-hmm. Um, so once you've looked at those things and you've decided you're going to take this thing home, do exactly what Heidi did when you get it there. Open it up and find the manual Mm -hmm. and you'll probably be able to find the manual on the internet or on ebay yeah um you can buy sewing machine manuals for basically any sewing machine you can think of on ebay there are also Um, there's tons of there's tons of them for free as like pdfs and stuff because i've had to find that yeah in the past exactly they're they're all over and you want to find it because it will show you both um how to take things apart, like the bobbin casing, mm-hmm. because you'll need to do that because stuff will be underneath it. And the f- how to lower the feed dogs and get the felty lint that they will have created Oof. out of there. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was me. Like that the was area. My life. <laughs> it, exactly. And I mean, many people don't know that often there's a, a hinged door that you can open above where the needle shaft is that also will gather crap yeah. in there. So it will show you all the areas that you want to clean, and it will also show you where you should oil. Yeah. Um, and old machines were made for the home sewist to personally service. Yeah, the, the thing that amazed me about the owner's manual for my grandma's machine, not just that it existed and had a very charming coffee stain on the front, but... <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> 
it was a lengthy document. I w- and like there were they used color mm-hmm. ink for arrows that literally pointed yep. to every single spot that should be oiled. It yep. walked you through it. It didn't like it wasn't like no, it was they didn't underestimate the home sois a <laughs> <Let's go. laughs> Um, but it, they didn't no. underestimate the home sewists intelligence because I think maybe at that time the standards were still a little higher for the average person sewing at home. Well, also keep in mind that at this time, durable goods right. were the norm. Yeah, ep- and so you fixed, not replaced, exactly. most everything, most every appliance in the home. And that included a sewing machine. Mm-hmm. A home sewing machine was an appliance, like yep. a washer or a dryer or microwave. your stove or your refrigerator. Yeah. Well, the microwave wouldn't have existed probably <laughs> <I know>. yet. <laughs> <laughs> but you you were intended uh, – it was assumed that you would clean and oil and maintain mm-hmm. and replace parts yeah. on your own machine. Mm-hmm. And so – once you've actually got that information and you know what to clean and you know what to use, check the wiring, make sure that looks okay. And if you have any questions or if something seems off, take it to a professional. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, I whenever I get a new vintage sewing machine, new to me vintage sewing machine, that's the first thing I do. I've, I've got a guy. His name is Gizmo, and I take it Oh, to my, my gosh, guy. that's the best. <laughs> yeah, and he is, like, he does sewing machine repair and restoration. Mm-hmm. And then I at least know I'm starting with a clean slate. Yeah. But if that isn't an option for you, or you're pretty sure that your machine just needed some cleaning and oiling, and if it sounds good and it works well when plugged in, then great. Yeah. You've gotten yourself a really excellent sewing machine that probably will not die bec- as long as you regularly maintain it. And if you've got a vintage sewing machine, oil it regularly. And also one thing that I will say, because I don't want to forget mentioning this, yeah. the th- but since my machine was so full of dust and the cord was very twisted looking, I was like, I am not even sure... I want to try to turn on this light bulb. This this seems shady. Yeah. And that was another reason I was like, I need to dust this, compress yeah. air, maybe even vacuum a little if I feel like the parts are intact. Mm-hmm. And um, be careful with compressed air because it's got moisture in it mm-hmm. and it can um, rust components mm-hmm. if you happen to be in a humid environment. Oh, good to know. And you can also um, end up forcing dust into places that... Um, you're not wanting it to go. It just can push it there. So it's a, it's a weird, mm-hmm. yeah. I'm, yeah. I, I, I like a paintbrush and a really strong sucking vacuum, mm-hmm. which I think is also what was recommended in that sewing out loud um, episode. Mm-hmm. I use, I like the paintbrush and then I use the compressed air to like get the dust off of my table. If that's weird, like I, I, I tried. Oh not... no, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. I do that with cat hair. Yeah, <laughs> in my sewing space. Yeah, I just was. I just figured like the mm-hmm. the like burst of air would get the dust off my table, but maybe the surrounding burst of air would dust the machine out a little bit. That I don't know. <laughs> this is called making stuff up at eleven p.m. Folks, <laughs> fair enough. Fair enough. 
But yeah, I, I think it's really important, especially if something looks wonky, especially if you're talking about cords that make you uncomfortable. Yeah. Like, take a look at the wiring, because you can probably see it in an old machine, and replace things that need replacing, because if this is a machine you're going to use, not an antique that you are collecting, you don't need to have original. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely replace any wiring, any cords, any anything. And if there's any fraying, yeah. for sure, yeah. Yeah. replace it. Yeah. The thing that I think that scared me the most was the light bulb in that machine. Because um, it still worked and the cord and all the connections were intact. But I was like, I am not going to leave this light on unless I am physically sitting at the machine. Because it's an old bulb, an old yeah, incandescent, well, but a small one. It got pretty warm. You know, we... Oh, and... Old ones get hot. Yeah, yeah. They can burn. And I know we mentioned this. That There's nothing wrong with it. It's just. Yeah. Yeah. I know we talked about this a long time ago. It was actually, I think, as I was saying, that I have this old um, featherweight that I've never used. But um, I have. Uh, anyway, it's a whole thing. I still ne- I still haven't used it. But I, I'm intending to just take. I ordered that ball. Did you see? That's way. where I was going. But um, <laughs> I'm just going to take mine oh, into. um just have somebody really look it over, clean it, and replace cords as necessary. But um, but this one place sells featherweight bulbs that are LED, so they don't get hot. And it would be worth looking to see. And you can get those for almost every um, vintage. That's what I was thinking. Like You can get an LED That bulb. way, because even, mm-hmm. even if a regular bulb is, you know, going to function just fine, just not having the risk of... of bumping your hand on a hot bulb or um mm-hmm. and the led bulb will last exactly <laughs> the incandescent bulbs are like they break all the time and or blow out all the time and the led bulb like it might be more expensive but you're never going to replace yep. it and just to put a bow on this topic and um the thing that i'll say about having serviced my grandma's machine this week was that within like, I let it sit overnight before I did any real sewing with it so that the oil could just work with gravity and start to live in the machine that's been in a shelf in a closet for a long time. Um, when I actually sat down and sewed some scraps of fabric together with it, it was nice. It was way nicer than my little Singer Esteem 2 from Target from 2007 mm-hmm. or whatever. Like, it was nice. It felt like I was at a real machine mm. in a way that... I mean, Singer's a great company, obviously, but for the, like, machine I got for not a ton of money when I was younger, and I've been sewing with that one a lot, comparing that basically side-by-side with this machine, real machine, no plastic, like, big boy pants machine, or big girl pants, whatever, um, (laughs) it was nice. Yeah. (laughs) No, it it feels, there's some gravity there. Literally, yeah. There's some power there. And I was like, mm-hmm. oh, this is nice. And now I'm kind of thinking I'll probably mostly just use my grandma's machine and not mine. <laughs> yeah. I mean, a machine like that can sew through a lot more yeah. than a modern plastic machine. Yeah. Like, there's a lot more power yeah. there. And there's no, um, there was no hesitation on the foot pedal. That was my favorite part because my other one... There, there's always, there's often some hesitation when I'm getting started. That's mm-hmm. really annoying, and uh, this is nice. I'm looking forward to actually making stuff on it. Um, can I give you a tip for avoiding that hesitation? Yes, please. 
um, before you hit the pedal, turn the hand wheel and sink the needle. It's in there and it does it anyway. Oh, weird. Yeah, it's never I mean, mind. It's a cheap machine and there could be something wrong with it. I don't know. But now that I've got oh, it's these probably two others, just it's a wine. It probably isn't powerful enough to sew. The um the actual motor yeah. probably isn't it's, powerful enough. And it literally is like the motor starting sound every time it <laughs> yeah. has a teeth. It's always like... Rrr, rrr. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, I feel like I'm driving a crappy little like plastic tractor. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to make well, it Well, not anymore. <laughs> yeah, not anymore. Um, That's right. Yeah, make sure you check to see if the motor needs engine oil. Yeah. Okay. Or grease, rather. Okay. Not oil. Grease. Yay! Excellent. I think I said oil earlier. I meant grease. Yeah. (laughs) I'm so spoiled getting to be your friend for all this information. (laughs) Well, uh, so as you have noticed, we've been talking about sewing a fair amount on this episode. And um, it's actually perfect because this month is National Sewing Month, which which has worked out well. But... um, Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. But it's also, as this episode comes out, it's right before Mother's Day. And so I thought that I would kind of end this episode with a little bit of a mom sewing story. Um, and I've really been Aww, back and forth yes, um, because I have my really nice mom sewing story. And then I have my also like kind of embarrassing mom sewing story. Embarrassing more for me than my mom, I think. But I think I'm going to go <laughs> nice mom story, mom sewing story. So um, my mom. I've said this before. I think we've all said this um, in various ways, but um, I I genuinely feel grateful and privileged that I have um, a history of crafters in my family. Um, and mm-hmm. my um, my mom and my grandma and my great-grandma all have sewn. And I think not just because it was the thing to do, but because they actually, they, they really liked sewing that they enjoyed that process. And, um, so my mom, uh, when she was probably, I should have checked on her age. She was probably late teens, early twenties, if I were to guess. Um, she, um, entered the, um, singer sewing competition. And on her first time that she did this, she made a plaid dress and jacket. Now, plaid like we're talking matching all of your plaids um <laughs> it was a big thing and that's hard yeah. um and like a jacket you know like not not like a li- like a tailored jacket um and she huh at, at the time the way that this worked um was you had to model your own clothing which um probably was not a problem for my mom at the time because she was like tall and cute and you know rocking that (laughs) outfit Um, and she didn't win (laughs) but the the next year she did it again and this time she made a um it was an outfit that was like a tunic with matching pants and it was a cable knit fabric for those two items and then she made a camel coat to go over it so she had the whole ensemble Wow. Yeah. And, you know, the whole thing, like, tailored, fully lined, pristine. And she won the regional contest for it. And it went on, <laughs> and she sent out the out, she sent the outfit on for nationals, and she did not win the nationals, um, but, but she won this regional um, thing. And so I was asking her, like, so, like, 
what did you, um, what did you win? Like, what, what was this? And she goes, well, I mean, and she was still excited about it. Um, she won like some sewing supplies, <laughs> which was like, oh, and probably like, she goes, I think like a singer sewing book, but the big prize, are you ready for this? What do you want to guess was the big prize for the regional singer sewing competition? Uh, a sewing cabinet. That would be a nice idea. I was, it was not that. I mean, a machine, right? Yeah, you would think. That was apparently the national prize was a sewing machine. So if you won the regional prize, you got a tape recorder. <laughs> and she still has it. <laughs> she still has it. A tape recorder. A tape recorder. It seems so random, right? That's so funny. <laughs> but she was so excited funny. about it. Yeah, I mean, she loved it. That, that's bizarre and hilarious. I know. Huh. Yeah. So that was, I mean. So you can, like, record voice memos about, like, oh, this freaking plaid. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, probably that. <laughs> but, I mean, that that is funny that um, the sewing machine would be the national prize. Yeah. But when you think about um, how much a sewing machine cost yeah like i'm sure it was a nice sewing machine comparison to what people made mm-hmm. like um one of the funny things about singer featherweight specifically is that they're worth more or less the same now that they were new yeah um like in dollar dollar yeah. dollar not but not the with the inflation amount yeah. no no right. not adjusted for inflation um but the when you do adjust for inflation and see how much that machine, like what an investment that would have been, it sort of makes the prices for something like a nice Bernina, um, which is what I have, so that is what I know um, the price of off the top of my head. Like that makes that a lot more normal. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. When you think about it. Yeah, but I like hmm. that story. I know. So my mom, That's really she sweet. like she has these crazy sewing skills, and I'll, I'm just gonna throw this in real quick. Here's the funny part: years and years later, I was probably, I was probably in middle school. I asked my mom to make me some clothes. We were going on a vacation um, because vacation sewing, obviously, uh-huh. and um, so <laughs> well, she, let's not talk. About she it. made <laughs> she made my sister and I these sort of matching outfits, but they were like mix and match pieces. Um, so we kind of looked like we went together, but not exactly the same. And she made these full ensembles (laughs) for us and we hated them (laughs) and we like barely wore them at all. She, I mean, she knew what she was doing and it was completely us. Like we chose fabric that was not the right thing. And she was, I, she was so, she was mostly gracious about it, but she was a little bit like, what do you mean? I paid all these clothes for you and you're not going to wear them. (laughs) (laughs) it was not because of her sewing skills but mom i love you and i love that you still help me sew now and uh if you made me an outfit now i promise i'd wear it (laughs) (laughs) she's like that's learn that lesson probably she's like nah so you're right i've I've got four (laughs) other more grateful kids she's lost her chance That's probably right. <laughs> My goodness. Probably right. I think that's funny. Sorry. <laughs> oh, yeah, that fine. That's really funny though. Yeah. <laughs> well, anyway. Oh, yay moms. Yay moms. 
We talked about sewing a lot today. We did. We did talk and about I'm sewing a lot it. today. Yeah. Thanks. Me too. All right. So I, I think that's that's about it, guys. I think so. I think we've said all the sewing things, right? <laughs> yes. Yep. We just didn't have a sewing right. machine actually running for some sewing ASMR in the episode. We missed out on that one. Oh, well. Ooh, I should record oh, the difference true. between my two machines. Oh, my gosh. Please yes. do. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And on that note. Yes. If if you're a person who likes to hang out on the internet where you might be able to hear those sounds from (laughs) Heidi, uh, you should hang out with us. Find us on Instagram and Twitter at Serious Crafts and on Facebook at Very Serious Crafts. You can also find show notes and all things Very Serious Crafts at VerySeriousCrafts.com. Want to join the conversation? Tag us using hashtag Very Serious Crafts. And if you're using Instagram stories, don't forget to tag us with Serious Crafts so we can reshare. Uh, are you a fan of the Very Serious Crafts podcast? And I mean, obviously you are, <laughs> if you're listening to this. Um, great. Please, pretty, pretty please, leave the Very Serious Crafts podcast a five-star rating on whichever platform you use to listen to podcasts. Do it right now, please. Especially if it's um, iTunes. Yes, especially <laughs> if it's iTunes, because good ratings help us show up in recommendations, which helps more people who love crafting find us, and that will make us very happy. Uh, and finally, if you would like to sponsor an episode of the Very Serious Crafts podcast, visit VerySeriousCrafts.com and click Sponsor. Sponsor.